0: Good morning. Before we pray, I'd like to share a scripture with you that is one of the themes of our prayer today. It comes from 2 Timothy 1.8. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Let's pray. Father God, we praise and glorify your holy name. We thank you that you are the gracious and compassionate God, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, forgiving wickedness, and rebellion and sin, yet you do not leave the guilty unpunished. Lord, we thank you for redeeming us from sin through the precious blood of Christ. We thank you for setting us free from the power of sin and from the power of death. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us new birth into your family and making us your own sons and daughters. We thank you for your word we thank you for the Holy Spirit, for your great and precious promises. We thank you for the hope of eternal life. Lord, we thank you that you make your purpose clear throughout your word, that in Christ, you're redeeming a people from every people on earth and from every generation, that they may know you and love you and serve you and worship you forever. We thank you that you use the church, the body of Christ to accomplish your purposes. That thought is just remarkable and almost too much for us to understand why you would choose to use imperfect instruments like us to accomplish your perfect will, but you do it through your great grace Lord Jesus, you called us to go in your power and authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey all that you have commanded us. And for this purpose, you've raised up many missionaries here among us at Myrtle Grove and you brought others to us. And you've given us the great privilege of sending them out to bring your word to the peoples and the nations, your word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we also have the great responsibility of praying for our missionaries and of encouraging them and of walking with them through the valleys and walking with them on the mountaintops. So we pray for your missionaries by name. Peace and Alex, Charles and Annette, Oshoff and Lynn, Elliot, Steve and Rissa, Dan and Beth, Brian and Ann, Doug and Beth, Kyle and Brittany, Douglas and Jennings, Lance and Lisa. Steve, Jeff and Alma, Valia and Gaina, Rick and Aiden, Ricky and Aiden, Bill and Marty. Lord, we know these names are precious to you, just like the the people that you have called and sent out. These ones are precious to you, Lord. We pray that you will bless them today, that you'll fill them afresh with the power of your spirit and encourage them. Help them to hear your voice clearly, Lord, and to obey you. Lord, use them to bring your word through the power of your spirit and bring many people to faith and maturity in Christ. Lord, protect them from the evil one and protect them from temptation. Lord, we pray that you would help them to be willing to share in the sufferings In suffering for the gospel by your power and for your glory. We also pray for ourselves Lord that you would help us to not be ashamed of the testimony about you our Lord. That is just almost embarrassing to have to pray that that you help us to not be ashamed of the testimony about you our Lord but that we would be willing to suffer for the gospel, to share in suffering for the gospel with our brothers and sisters. Lord, help us to not fear rejection or insult or hardship or any other sacrifice, but help us to see that sharing the gospel is our calling. That's part of who we are. It is a great privilege for it is the gospel of Of great joy for all the people. Lord we also pray for our brothers and sisters who are suffering in their bodies today. You know them by name and they're dear to us and Lord we ask first of all that you bring healing and comfort in the name of Jesus to them today each one and Lord we also ask that you'll use their suffering and make them a testimony of your faithfulness and your grace. We pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus and for his glory. Amen.
1: And am, am I, I am unmuted. Can you hear me now? Okay. But I would take it further and say, if every believer on the planet, every follower of Christ, told everyone they knew, everyone that they encountered about Jesus there would still be 2 billion people who have never heard, because that's how many people don't know anyone who knows Jesus. And yet, there is encouraging statistics as well. As a matter of fact, Pastor Stacey preached about that not so long ago, that Christianity is growing around the world. We don't necessarily see it so much in our context all the time, but it's growing around the world. And there's not a single nation a political nation, where there are not believers, where there are not churches. And there are other kinds of nations that he mentioned in the video, and we'll get into that in a minute, but the reason that there are churches and believers is because, of course, of missions, and that's what we're going to talk about today. My name is Steve Curtis. I'm a missionary sent out from this church. And uh, I'm filling in today for Brian Slater, another missionary who is supposed to be uh, preaching but he has COVID and is home sick so please remember him in your prayers and kind of in honor of his Africa work I'm wearing a shirt that was given to me in Mozambique they told me that I could preach for 12 to 15 minutes <laughs> yeah we'll see what we can do about that Our text, as Stacy has already told you, is coming from Psalm 67, and so if you are already there, I would ask that you would rise out of respect and just to hone our attention on what God has to say for us in his word. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. This is the word of God thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we as always thank you that you have left us with your word, your uh, recorded uh, word for us to, to, to read, to study, to be nourished by. And I pray, Lord, that that will be the case this morning. In our time together, Father, that you would speak through me. And my prayer is that as we all leave this room, that nobody will leave remembering anything except that which was Your message that you intended to communicate this morning. And I pray that it will find fertile ground in the souls of all of those who are hearing. I pray this in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. I do want to walk through all the verses here. I think it's relevant and it's short enough that I believe we can do this in the time allotted to us. In the beginning, you might notice the benediction. May God be gracious. And bless us and make his face shine upon us. That sounds very similar to the benediction that we often hear out of Numbers chapter 6. The word in Hebrew here for be gracious literally means to stoop down to someone inferior, to, to give favor. And boy did he stoop. From the ascent of heaven, the heights of heaven, he came down to us. And it says that he will be gracious to us and bless us. Matthew Henry says that when you say God bless you or God bless us, that's a comprehensive prayer because it's it's so vast. For God to bless us is to put us into all of his promises. And then for your face to shine upon us, the unveiled glory of the beauty of his holiness. And, And it's not just for us, but through us. I think the point here is that it is to reflect through us. And and as the moon, for instance, doesn't have any light of its own but reflects the light of the sun. I believe that that is what we're starting to see as the passage develops. That the, the, the grace, the blessing, the goodness of God is on us and through us in being reflected to the world. And I believe that because the psalmist goes on in the second verse... He says, may God be gracious and bless us and make his face shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all the nations. His way, his saving power, what is that? It's what we've been reading in our study of Ephesians. He chose us, predestined us, adopted us, redeemed us, forgave us, and he has lavished upon us all the riches of his grace. That's his way. That's his saving power, and that's what we take to the nations. That's what we reflect to the nations in missions. And I titled this message after a line from the old Christmas song, Do You Know What I Know? Because that's the message of missions. We carry in, in, our, in our lives, in our, our words, and even on our faces, the evidence of that that. Glory of God that has shined upon us and in us and redeemed us and transformed us. And we take what we know and we seek out others who will come to know it as well. And of course, the Holy Spirit goes before us, preparing hearts to be ready to receive. And then the text continues in chapter in verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. In his newsletter this week, Pastor Stacy mentions the quote from John Piper that says, missions exists because worship doesn't. Missions is not the end game for the church. Missions is a tool that God has has chosen to use to bring new voices, if you will, into the choir that for eternity will be worshiping their creator. John Stott uh, said that we need to be global Christians with a global vision because we have a global God. We need to be global Christians with a global vision because we have a global God. And I mentioned that there's not a nation in the world that doesn't have a church But there's also another kind of nations that was alluded to in the video, and these are what the Bible says, it's ta-ethne, it's where we get the word ethnic, or uh, ethno-linguistic was the word that he used. And there's 17,000 of those, that's right. And 7,000 are considered unreached because they have less than 2% believers. In, for instance, the Bengali region of India and Bangladesh, there's more than 600 of those people groups, just in that one region, that's the size of North and South Carolina, 600 different people groups that are unreached. And yet, and again, there's always some encouraging statistics because God's not going to be defeated. Amen? Amen. Amen. So in the Bengali group in India, 0.72 are Christian. But you know, there's a lot of people in the Bengali region. So that's 650,000 followers of Christ. That's where our attention needs to be. Those are the people who are closest in culture and language and in history to those people that have never heard. So they're the ones that need our support, our equipping, our training, our love, our prayers. We need to go to them and support them in their context. The psalmist continues in verse 4. And tells us a bit about what will happen when the gospel does reach them. And when they do know what we know. It says in verse 4, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For or because you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the nations, the despairing, miserable nations, the peoples of this world that are burdened by sin and their own depravity, let them sing songs of joy as they come to understand that there is a sovereign God who is the answer to their needs, the answer to the whole in their hearts, a realization of his sovereignty both now now. And in the eternal future. Beloved, don't fall into the trap of thinking that one day God will take control. He's in control right now. He's working all things according to the counsel of his will. And the, the translation that we're using says the word equity in the light of our culture. It's probably better to use what the Hebrew says itself, which is righteously. He judges the nations righteously. And isn't that what we want? Judgment according to his righteousness. And then we see the psalmist repeats in verse 5 the exact same thing he said in verse 3. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Hallelujah. When nations begin to see the sovereignty of God at work in their lives, they can't help but praise the Lord. Then in verse 6, the earth has yielded its increase. This is when we begin to see a glimpse Of the fulfillment of missions. When the harvest is being brought in and that's happening now, it's been happening for generations and it will continue to happen until the last soul is brought in. The increase that we're seeing in the harvest, this is exciting. The fullness of God's people being gathered in. And then some commentators think that the second part of verse 6 and the first part of verse 7 go together And that it should just say, God, our God shall bless you, God shall bless you. And they see in that, perhaps, a glimpse of the Trinity. God, our God shall bless you, God shall bless you. The thrice-repeated reference to God. But what we certainly know is that it's emphasized. The writer is making the point that God shall bless us. And anytime you see that phrase, our God, that, that indicates the covenant relationship that God has with his people. So this is the covenant God, the God that has gathered us together to be called by his name. That God, our God, shall bless us. And so now look at the bookends in this psalm. In verse 1, may God bless us. And in verse 7, God shall bless us. And in between, we reflect his grace, his goodness, and his glory to the nations, asking them, Have you not heard? Have you not seen? Have you not met the Savior? Do you know what I know? If not, let me tell you. It's often been said of Myrtle Grove that uh, DNA, missions is in the DNA of this church. And I believe that's true. The first Sunday that Rissa and I ever came here, 15 years ago almost, there was a signpost out here by the end of the sidewalk. And you've seen them sometimes in different places, but it had a bunch of arrows. And it would had the names of the places where people from this church were serving and how many miles it was to get there. So it would be one that had, had Congo for Doug or, or Kenya for Warren Rich, Thailand for Kendall Su, Spain for Elliot had the Oringa, where two of our own, Reed and Eric, did suffer for the gospel. Peggy and all of her work in Eastern Europe. And then, of course, a dozen years ago, the global ministry of Timothy 2 being born here as well. This church has DNA flowing through her veins. And I think that as we see this psalm, we see that That God blesses us, and it's a trite phrase, but it's true. He blesses us so that we can bless others, but not just bless them and say, God bless you, have a good day, but bless them by saying, do you know what I know? That the God of the universe sent his son so that you can have eternal life. Do you know what I know? And Myrtle Grove has been blessed because of that, for always going, always sending, always praying, and always asking those questions, do you know what I know? And the psalm ends with this phrase let all the ends of the earth fear him, revere him in awe and wonder, as Doug alluded to in his prayer, that he would choose to use wretches like us to carry the exquisite jewel of the gospel to the nations. And we think of that as a sacrifice. We should think of it as an honor that we're not worthy of. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. That will be the day when missions is done and every knee will bow and every tongue proclaim that Jesus is Lord. Let's pray. Sovereign Lord, we do come into your presence once again, acknowledging that you have a plan for your church in this world and we are grateful and humbled that you've called us here at Myrtle Grove to be a part of that. I pray, Lord, that you would even now be stirring up goers, stirring up senders, stirring up prayers, people who will go before the throne of grace and pray that the Holy Spirit would open hearts and minds to receive the gospel Every nation, tribe, people, and town. For your glory and your glory alone. We pray this in the name of the one who died to save us, Christ Jesus. Amen. And now April's going to come up and share uh, about the vision of Myrtle Grove right now. Oh,
0: sorry. Is
2: that on? Okay. Uh, Thank you, Steve, for your word about uh, missions and God's call for us and how Myrtle Grove has been part of that. Um, Some of what I was going to say is what you said, so we're on the same page. Um, uh, It is an honor and a privilege for me to serve Myrtle Grove as missions director at this time. As uh, Steve said, Myrtle Grove has such a rich history with missions. And um, while many sitting in this room have heard the call to go, to leave, to surrender their lives of comfort, to go um, serve him for an eternal purpose beyond themselves, global organizations have been birthed out of here, like he mentioned, like Battelle, Timothy 2, and um, Pe- the work that Peggy did in Eastern Europe and writing curriculum and children's ministry and that training has been used all over the world, and thousands have been impacted from that. It's incredible that we get to be part of that. Um, in Battelle, uh, the organization that started here, God is using them to restore broken lives and plant churches among the addicted and the homeless in Spain, India, South, Mar- South Africa and in over 100 cities and 200 nations. That started out of here. Many of you know this. So we have some new people who have come along who don't know the rich history that is here. And so it's good to remember and to praise God for these things. Timothy 2, that God put in Steve's heart to begin raising up leaders like Brian and Dan and others that they've now trained to go and teach pastors in the majority world where there's little access to biblical training. They're committed to equipping leaders and the essential truths of Christian faith so they can train others. And they now have projects in development in over 55 nations. And many of these projects are now being led by national partners. Praise God for what he is doing and has been doing and that came out of here. To God be the glory. We praise God for Doug Wright and his family and others who have answered the call to take the good news to those who didn't have a Bible in their heart language. Can you imagine? Some of you, many of you have taken Spanish in school those of you who are not fluent in Spanish, can you imagine only hearing the Bible in Spanish and how much you would actually understand of that? That's how many are in the majority world who have not received the Bible in their language. Praise God for Doug and his family and others, the Douglas and Jennings and Ricky and Aiden, who are part of Wycliffe Bible Translators who have answered the call to work with these tribes to create a written language, and to have the Bible translated in their languages. The Logo New Testament has been dedicated because of the work Myrtle Grove has done. The Oringa Bible New Testament, and they're still working on the Old Testament. The Mongbektu language that Doug and his team are working on, and now the French model translation tool, which is incredible what God has given him to create and use For the glory of God and for hundreds of language groups to be able to use this tool. To God be the glory of what he is doing in and through Myrtle Grove. And then for the wisdom. We praise God for the wisdom that God has given to people here to adopt an unreached people group. And the divine leading to the Oringa people 25 years ago. There's been sacrifice but not in vain of what the Lord is doing through all the time and what it, what is going on now. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to read. Brian Slater wrote a book about the Oringa people. I think it's for sale in the library for $7. Um, it's a great story of our history and how God is using a church, Myrtle Grove, to adopt an unreached people group and what's happening how that story um, take, unfolds. We praise the Lord for um, what Peace is doing, Peace and Alex in oringa and what she is doing with children's ministry, trained by Peggy Laney in the, the children's ministry teaching. And now she is working with thousands of children, of 52-plus um, churches of that she has trained children's ministry leaders and the impact that they have had. And they're not just doing Sunday school. They're taking the kids out and going door-to-door visits, praying over people, praying for the sick. They're doing missionary trips. They have soccer camps. They've started a whole soccer ministry that's now reaching out to the Muslims. They've been asked to go into the schools and do school programs. And the schools are seeing these kids who are different, Muslims are seeing the soccer players that are different, and they're saying, why are they different? We want our kids to play on this team with your kids. The work that Charles is doing, Charles was trained with Timothy 2, has gone through the Timothy 2 trainings. He's using the workbooks of Timothy 2 to disciple the youth and the young people, and they are now discipling others who are discipling others, and it has multiplied several times now. And they're taking that out, and they feel like, okay, now it's time for us to go evangelize. And they're going and evangelizing Muslims in the marketplace, in the schools. They've been asked to come into the schools and start scripture union clubs. And the work that they're doing, every report he brings back. This week, 50 people came up to get saved. This week, we had 200 people who said yes to Jesus. They're showing the Jesus film. And it's just incredible the response that they're getting and the fruit that has come from the work that the Lord is doing in the among the Oranga people. This unreached people group in northern Uganda, just south of the Sudan border, south Sudan border. And we praise God that we get to be part of that. And praise the Lord for the wisdom and leadership for world outreach. That's the missions arm of the EPC. Um... Back, I think Brian Slater was part of bringing on, getting the whole presbytery to adopt an unreached people group. And so that initiative is called Engage 2025. By the year 2025, that every presbytery would have adopted an unreached people group. I think there are 16 presbyteries and there are three left to adopt a people group. So at this time, Thomas, would you cut the audio on the live stream? so that we can uh, speak a little more freely about um, our workers that are in a sensitive area. And so I just want to ask you, how is the Lord calling you to use the skills and the resources that he's given you? How is he calling you to do that for global missions? Um, If there is breath in your lungs, I believe there is purpose for your life. That God is using you um, in the lives of others for the glory of God and the good of others. As long as you're here on this earth. And so we don't retire as Christians. We are serving him until he brings us home. And so I just ask you to just ponder what is the Lord calling you to do how is he calling you to be part of global missions um, and there are many roles in praying it is so important to be praying daily praying fervently by name for our missionaries to be praying for the work to pray for the that the Lord of the harvest would send workers the laborers are few but the harvest is plentiful pray for harvest I mean, pray for the workers. Is is God calling you to go? And are we helping raise up the next generation to go? And so um, this year, I want to mention Thomas Moore. Many of you know Thomas, our AV guy, who's faithfully served in this church um, probably his whole life, um, is getting to go to YWAM in September. We'll get to hear a lot more about that um, this summer but um, we'll be sending him out in September um, before he goes on a six-month DTS. And um, today, in a few minutes, we're gonna be praying over my daughter, Phoebe, and her roommate, Jazz. Uh, They just completed their first year at college at Liberty University, and they've been part of the World Outreach Mission Cohort, which is training college students in missions. And so they've been meeting Um, via Zoom all year long and they went to Urbana together and um, they're actually leaving today after uh, lunch to go to Budapest for almost three weeks and they're going to be serving alongside global workers who are there um, and working with Ukrainian refugees and some other things that they're going to be doing but so in a few minutes we're going to pray over them but I want to introduce you all to, um, many of you know, um, Jeff and Alma Whitfield. Jeff, you can go ahead and come on up. Um, if you don't know them, I uh, encourage you to introduce yourself and get to know them. Um, by God's providence, he has led them, led us to them and brought them to Wilmington for a time. And so if you'll just share a little bit about what you're doing. and.
3: Yeah, yeah my name is Jeff Whitfield and uh, my wife, Alma is way back there at the back waving at you so yeah do stay for lunch and and get chatting with us and we we'd love to talk with you Um, we were called by god to work with greater europe mission and as the name implies it is a european mission and so we were called to work with the refugees and immigrants coming into athens now we we ourselves kind of became some of those refugees that april kindly took in a few months ago because Y'all, Alma is, is struggling with a long-term illness and getting a whole lot better thanks to uh, uh, Salt Air and Myrtle Grove Presbyterian Church. So we, are, we appreciate y'all. So I just want to share just real quick just a thought with y'all. Um, I heard several times, it is so fascinating, it's so great to hear about missions being part of the DNA of this church. Y'all don't know, we've traveled around the last couple of years and and gotten to know the Mid-Atlantic Presbytery and they've multiplied into three presbyteries and visiting churches. It's not necessarily in the DNA of every church in the presbytery. So, I mean, y'all are are unusual even in in that regard. Y'all are a flagship in that regard. So I want to congratulate you and praise you guys for for that being in your DNA. And so my encouragement is kind of like echoing what what April said there is like, keep passing it on you know it's, it's not done yet you know wh- you can look at that as a legacy the great cloud of witnesses kind of like in Hebrews 11 and a lot of us are, are getting gray and bald like me and it's like we, we know that we're about to pass the baton you know in, in another hundred years right um, and so we we want to continue that legacy and, and look at see what that means it was fascinating to hear Stacy use the word I think everybody who has spoken used the word comfort. You know, missionaries leave their comfort zones to go to the ends of the earth. You know what happens what's the very first thing that happens when you leave your comfort zone? You get uncomfortable. That's exactly right. So, you know, for years uh, a big part of what I did was be an encourager to other missionaries and of getting to do that again now we're still working with greater europe mission and i've sort of been seconded to uh, their appointee services and so i get to work with those who are in the appointment process in fact just got to work with uh, several europeans getting appointed with greater europe mission which is really cool there was germans there was french there was a belgian hey there was even an african couple from zambia that just got appointed with greater europe mission is not that exciting to go to Europe Africans going to Europe (laughs) how awesome is that you know you talk about a legacy and now it's working in reverse because there are more Africans in some places by population by percentage than than a lot of parts of Europeans not just refugees and immigrants but Europeans as a whole so this is one of my favorite passages I want this a little bit of audience participation I want y'all to help Count how many times, this is, this is one of Paul's missionary letters, okay? This is 2 Corinthians, uh, the first chapter, starting with verse 3. Count how many times he says the word comfort. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same suffering that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Ten! How many times, and I said, that's crazy, isn't it? Ten times he says comfort. How many times did he say comfortable? Zero, right. All right, so we recognize missionaries aren't always comfortable, right? You know, Steve had to wear a goofy shirt today. He probably wasn't very comfortable. <laughs> but Paul goes on to say, now listen, this, this is a glimpse into missionary life. We, don't, we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experience in Asia So that many who give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. When was the last time you felt like you were at the end of yourself? Every once in a while, living in an American context, things happen. You get a long-term illness. Financial crisis may happen unexpectedly. All kinds of things, and we say... God, I don't know what to do. I need your help. And so every once in a while in an American context, we, we get to the end of ourselves and we learn to rely on God. Most missionaries live on that edge, all right. And so my challenge and encouragement to you is to risk getting out of your own comfort zone. You saw in, in the little video, they kept raining money down. And we saw how the percentage went to different places, think about the last time you thought, hey, I I don't really want to be rich, I just want to be comfortable. So when was the last time you risked being uncomfortable financially for the sake of the gospel? When was the last time you felt uncomfortable enough to go to that part of town to share the gospel? Or even across the street? You know, A couple of weeks ago, April took us to um, a part of town where we've got some missionaries who work in Wilmington in an area that's known as a food desert. Y'all know what a food desert is? There are pockets in this town that are also a gospel desert where it's not abundant in this state, in this country. And it's becoming more and more in pockets of, of our nation where this nation is a gospel desert. But even more so, we see all over the world where it is a gospel desert. And so my encouragement to you is not rest on past laurels of DNA, this is what we used to do or this is what we have done, but say, how will I come out of my financial comfort zone? How will I come out of my personal sharing with others comfort zone? Talking with those people over there, comfort zone. That's my challenge to you
2: thank you jeff so come and get to know jeff and alma if you don't they're an awesome couple and Myrtle Grove has already been so blessed having them here and we're excited to have you here as long as god has you until he sends you out and we're excited to send you out as well so at this time um I invite Phoebe and Jazz to come up, and we're going to pray over them. And so Pastor Stacy and the missions committee and the elders, if you'll come up and we'll um, lay hands on them to send them out. They're leaving this afternoon um, to go up to Raleigh, and they fly out of Raleigh tomorrow.
1: Father, we come before you with joy and anticipation and excitement to see how you are going to use Phoebe and Jazz in a way that they don't even understand, that they can't begin to comprehend yet, but that you are going to start a fire in their hearts, Lord, as they see this gospel seed being planted around uh, Budapest and among the refugees there and, and others. Lord, I pray, of course, for their safety, that every step of the way that you would be with them, that angels would attend the planes and the airports at layovers, that you would cause all of the, the times at passport control and every step of the way to go smoothly and without any, any challenges or uh, disruptions. I pray for the interaction between them and the the global workers that they'll be working with. I pray that uh, these ladies would be uh, an inspiration and encouragement to the workers, that they would build them up just by their countenance and by their joy and their excitement and that also that the workers would be uh, feeding into them a sense of what it is to to serve you cross-culturally. And so, Lord, I I look forward and anticipate a report when they return of how you have done just incredible, amazing things in their lives and that how that that bled over into the lives of others and may have eternal consequences. We thank you for that, and we pray a blessing over them both.
4: Dear Father, I uh, affirm Steve's beautiful prayer, and I do lift up these two young girls, young ladies as they go out. Thank you for their heart for missions. Thank you, Lord, that you brought them together, their roommates. Thank you where they share this passion for sharing your word. And I, I do agree with Steve. I pray for their safe travel and all they encounter. And also, Father, I lift up their family members, their moms, their dads, their grandparents, to give them peace as they are far away. And just to know, Lord, that they could be nowhere safer in the entire world than being in your will. So we thank you, Father. And Lord Jesus, you said go, make disciples, and lo, I am with you always. And so God, I pray that as they are obedient to go, they will be assured that you're with them. Lord, I pray that you would prove that to them in very specific personal ways that would be life-changing, that there would be stakes they put in the ground uh, as a part of this experience, Lord, that they have seen you unquestionably, undoubtedly at work, not only in, in their lives, but in the uttermost parts of the world, and that they would see things that they can't unsee and know things that they can't unknow, Um, that this might be used to set them apart for service to you all the days of their lives and whatever that entails. God, I pray that you would give them in doing so uh, an abiding peace and a deep joy. Lord, that as we and they are always glad to be together, we say when we come together for worship as the people of God, that we're always glad to be together. Lord, I pray that you would show them the deep joy of being part of letting the nations be glad. Mm-hmm. And so bless them as they go. Um, and every step that they take, Lord, appoint angels to take charge concerning them. to Keep them in all their ways that they might go in peace with your protection, with your blessing And your power to testify of your greatness to the uttermost parts of the world and to us back home. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.